This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Higher Learning. I am Van Lathan. I'm Rachel Lindsay. Uh, normally, we spend a little time warming up and getting into the podcast. I hope that you had a good weekend, Rachel. I had a decent weekend. But I think that it is incumbent upon us to jump right into the first topic and maybe dispense with the pleasantries a little bit this week. Are you in agreement of that, Rachel? Yeah, this definitely takes precedent over how your weekend was and how mine was. Right. Uh, if you guys don't know what we're talking about... Uh, then uh, I'll tell you right now, there is a black man right now who ha- is fighting for his life. Uh, I think he has basically won that fight with his life. I would not like to speak, speak prematurely on that, but it seems as if he is going to survive this uh, shooting that happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. This man's name is Jacob Blake. He is 29 years old. A video began to surface yesterday as we record, as we are recording this. It is Monday. A video began to surface of Jacob Blake walking around his vehicle to get into his car. There are police officers following him. The police officers are trying, I guess, to either detain him or to get him to stop as he tries to get into his car, which uh, held his three young children. Um, a police officer grabs his shirt, uh, then to stop him from getting in. And then what you see next is the officers open fire on him. He was shot, I believe, seven times. Uh, in seven, the back. At least. At least seven times in the back. And for a while there, it was reported that he was dead. Now, since then, there have been multiple sources to come out and say that he has, in fact, survived this and seems to be doing uh, as well as can be expected from having been shot that many times. There are conflicting stories. Well, not conflicting stories, just no no confirmed stories of exactly what went on. Most people are saying that Jacob had come there to break up a fight that was between two women. Uh, that part is not on tape. The cops arrived. And after the cops arrived, uh, I guess in trying to do whatever it is that they were trying to do, they tased him. The taser did not work. They then shot him seven times. Last night in Kenosha, Wisconsin, there were widespread demonstrations. People made their way to police departments um, and protested and amassed and uh, really were out in force. So 
Uh, I was unlucky enough to have watched that video. Rachel, did you watch it? I accidentally saw it because I was actually trying to avoid it. I mean, and I'm talking like I saw it today. When I Mm. heard about it, I specifically tried to stay off social media because I did not want to see it. And any, and I, I didn't, I saw a couple of people would post it and I was like, nope, I don't, I want, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of watching this. It, the outcome, th- I mean, thank the Lord he is alive, but I'm tired of seeing this happening. And I, I, I don't want to watch anymore. I don't want to watch it now. Yeah. It's interesting to me why I can't stop myself. For a long time, I didn't watch the the uh, Ahmad Arbery video, but I eventually watched it. The story of all of these shootings, for the most part, they're the same. So why I feel like I need to watch these, which are obviously detrimental and destructive to my own mental health, um, I don't know. I don't know why I watched. I, I, I stopped I, watching after after Ahmad. Mm. I haven't even seen George Floyd. I, I, yeah. I I've seen clips. I I stopped watching. That one, mm. that one, that one took me out. I yeah. don't I and I knew we were gonna be talking about it today, and a part of me felt I should watch it because mm-hmm. I was going to be talking about it. And then I just I I I happened to see it, but I thought, you know what, I can read about it. I can, right. I, I, I just, I, that those images, the video, it stays with me. I know it stays with you too. If I can try to not see it, I don't, I don't want to. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but. I don't know. If, I, I think you, you're protecting your, your mental space and, and protecting your spirit. I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. I'll, not only can I not stop myself watching, I can't stop myself from watching multiple times. Like I watch, I watch it more than once, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. Like in this particular case, I, 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 like I went to bed, desperately hoping, and praying, that this brother survived. Mm-hmm. That we get a chance to talk to him, to speak with him, um, that he gets to hold his children again and gets to, you know, be be active with his family again. And whatever, that this isn't the end of his story. But in hoping that, for some reason, I kept going back to the video as if I was going to gain some solace in anything that I saw, knowing by now that I won't. Do you think that's why you watch it? Because to me, I would think it's almost because it's such a surreal experience. Like, did this really just happen? I mean, we know this this happens, time, unfortunately, time and time again. But when you see it, it's I, I, I can't even it's like it's not real. Like, did this really did, this, did these people just really have no regard for this man's life in front of his children, in front of an entire neighborhood of people and just gun this man down like he's some type of animal? It's almost that's why I would say it's hard to not watch again and again, because it's almost like, did this happen? Is this real life? Yeah. No, no, I get it. It, it. it, You feel that way. You also, we also continue, we continue to have discussions and we're hoping that the discussions are getting us somewhere. We hope that there's an understanding and we hope that there 
is at least the collective realization that something needs to be done differently. And it's like a weird fucking Groundhog's Day situation to where we do the same shit over and over and over again till we come back here. It's like we get enough time to catch our breath between these things. There's a fundamental problem with policing in America. You guys, I'm going to stay calm. I'm not going to yell or get all worked up or anything like that. There's a fundamental problem with policing in America. There's a difference between what the police are supposed to provide here in this country, which we've discussed on here on Higher Learning before, which is public safety, okay? There's a difference between that and law and order. I'll tell you what the difference is. The difference is if you're the police and you are called out to a place where there are some people fighting, some people are scared, right? They want the presence of someone who's going to make them safe. And you go out there with the intention of making people safe, Once a situation is safe for people, once it's diffused, which is your job as the police officers in that instance, is to make sure everyone is safe. Once they're safe, you're going to step back, take stock of things, and figure out who made them unsafe. And once you figure that out, that's when the investigative and the order part of your job comes in. But your first edict, your first job as a police officer is to provide public safety to make the community safe. Okay, if you go out there and in your mind, your job, your goal, your purpose is order. There's a difference between safety and order. If your job is order, law and order, then you're not looking for safety when you go on a call like that. What you're looking for are the evil people. You're looking for the bad people. And you're prepared to neutralize those bad people in any means that is necessary to you, right? So when you go out there purposely to find whatever evil character is causing the the ruckus, whatever number one male, whatever scary black male is out there, you're not going to believe that 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 person doesn't exist. You're not going to believe that maybe this is a situation that needed diffusing and maybe There isn't one evil, lawless, super predator out there that you have to put down. The reason why this keeps happening to black people, the reason why this keeps happening to black men and women is because there's a belief that we, in some way, are at the center of all of society's ills. And in order to have law and order, what you have to do is not change systems, not be dedicated to safety, but to control us. And so that's how a man who's got his back turned to the police, who's actually moving away from the police, gets shot seven times. He gets shot seven times because the police are thinking, this is the bad person. What is he trying to get? What is he trying to do? We have to kill him before he kills us. You can't train that out of the cops. I know, I know, America, you think that you can. You can't train it out of the cops. We have to fundamentally change policing. And if that means doing away with it and ushering in an era of public safety, then we have to look hard at doing that. And if we can't do that, we're going to keep going through this. Let me ask you a question. So how can you I, I, I get exactly what you're saying and I and I agree with you. But how do you get rid of policing and usher in public safety? when these people are scared of the people they're supposed to be providing safety to. 
It's a mentality. And you said it when you said blacks, black people are looked at as being what's wrong, what's ill in society. And that starts at a very young age from when you look at the experiments done with children in classroom and what connotations are attributed to the color black. It starts at a very young age. So if you look at black people a certain way and you look at them as done as being done what's wrong, how even if you usher in pub, providing public safety, can you be provide safety to the people that you fear? I don't understand that. If the it's it's a mentality that has to change and and I'm saying that because I don't know what we do. I don't know how to fix it. I don't believe getting rid of the police and bringing in public safety is key. It's still going to happen if you're scared of us. It's still going to happen if you think that we're evil and you automatically look at us as what did they do wrong? They're wrong already before anything goes down. I don't know how you fix it. And I, and even to add on top of that the Irony. I don't even know if irony is the right word. Maybe I should say the audacity of what happened on Sunday to Jacob Blake. A man is fighting for his life with at least seven bullets in his back. And you have the Republican National Convention starting today. And you have Vice President Pence accepting his renomination or accepting the renomination and is chanting back the blue. Like literally, you don't you don't care about us. You've made no statement. Your administration has made no statement as to what happened in Wisconsin. And all you're talking about is how we need to back the blue and support the blue while a man is fighting for his life in the hospital at the hands of what the blue did, not recognizing there's a problem. Instead, you want to ignore it, pretend it's not an issue because you want to look at us as the problem because you don't care about us. You have no you have no desire to protect us, to, to help us, to mend this racial divide. All you want to do is keep separating it. And I'm saying all this to say, I don't know what we do to fix it. I don't know how we break this cycle when it's a mentality thing. You're scared of us and you don't care about us. Hmm. Period. Yeah. So you can't change people's mentalities. You can't. Unfortunately, yeah. you can't. But what you can do is sort of mitigate, you can affect their ability to do harm because the opposite of law and order is criminality, right? Right. The um, right. opposite of safety is harm. So what you can do is you can put people like what ended up happening in the situation with Jacob Blake is the actually the worst case scenario. I want people to understand that. And that's something else that we have to understand. So what? Ha- so nobody was killed or seriously injured in whatever was happening before Jacob Blake was shot. Nobody was, at least not to my knowledge, they weren't. Okay, so then the worst case scenario when the police are then called out there is that a citizen of the country is then killed or seriously injured. That's as bad as it can go, okay? Mm-hmm. So if 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 the police if somebody was getting killed, raped, God forbid, uh or whatever and the police come out there and they stop it, well then that's the best thing. But if if that's not happening, right? And the police come out there and someone who was involved in that, they say he was trying to break up a fight, we we don't know that for certain. Right. But let's say that that's the case, right? 
that somebody like that gets killed or seriously injured, that's the worst thing the police can do. That's the worst. It doesn't get any worse than that. And we can keep going through that over and over and over again. The worst outcome in the case of Eric Garner is the police killing him. That's the worst outcome, right? That should, that's the worst outcome. The worst outcome when you call police out to see what's going on with George Floyd is that the cops kill him. That's the worst outcome. The worst. So the question mm-hmm. is, if the police can't manage their ability to do harm, right? If they can't stop doing harm, if they're into these worst case scenarios more often than they should be, Breonna Taylor, you go there to serve a warrant. The worst thing is, the worst thing that can happen there is that you walk in there and you kill American citizens who haven't done anything. That's the worst thing, right? Because remember, mm-hmm. none of these people signed up for a dangerous job. None of them did. The police did sign up for a dangerous job. So it is, it is, right. it is different. The standard right. is different. So the, the, the worst thing that, that they can do is kill. So then how do we affect the police, the police department, the police force's ability to do harm? Because we're not going to be able to change their minds. But how can we stop right. them from doing harm? And there are a number of ways that we could do that. Yes. Yes. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> shall we say it together? I thought you were going to list them out. I thought that's what you were about to do when you were like, oh, there are no, a number no. of ways. Well, well, well to me, number one, it, it one, I know people don't understand this, but it actually starts with defunding the police. And I'll tell you why. Because if you have a domestic disturbance, right? Then yes. the first thing that needs to happen is in a quick and real way, people need to be able to ascertain like what the danger of this domestic disturbance really is. Because there's a chance that you don't need two guys armed to the teeth to go out there and respond to that to make sure everybody is safe. There's a chick like uh, answering a call where there's some dude held up in a in a in a building. And, and he's a he's a bank robber. Or he's got 90 hostages and he's going to do something like you shouldn't say, send the same people with the same mentality to answer that call as you yeah. should a domestic disturbance between two women, two men or whatever. The stakes don't have to be that high, but we'll never be able to explore those things if we keep throwing people into the police force that have been trained for six to nine months or whatever it is. And throwing them out there and asking them to navigate situations that they can't navigate under the guise of you have to go stop bad people. So there needs to be a fundamental look at public safety. Part of that is taking money away from places like that and establishing different organizations and community structures that are more equipped to deal with calls like might have happened to the Jacob Blake call. Yeah. Because the cops obviously aren't equipped not to shoot somebody seven times in the back the moment well, they, they get a little be. itchy. They should, they should be, but they they're obviously be. not. So we got to stop living in the fantasy world like they are. So I completely agree with you. And you have seen some cities take those type of measures. And I'm not sure what the, the results have been, but you have seen people recognize that, that funds need to be reallocated to the proper place so you don't have police showing up in situations where they don't need to be. And there's somebody who's m- more well-equipped to handle that situation. I was going to say qualified immunity. I mean, we've talked about this. We've talked about both of these actually before, but if you can hide, if you cannot sue police civilly and attack them for their money, then you have to hit them where it hurts, Mm. right? Right now they're protected under qualified immunity. It's very, very hard to prove. And if 
police know that they're not going to be hurt financially. And we see what happens to them in the criminal court. They're barely ever charged. And if they are charged, they're barely convicted. And so we need to they need to feel threatened in a way that they never have been before. And I don't understand the big issue with that. I don't think that you'll see. I think the issue they think that police won't they won't be able to attract people to the police force if qualified immunity exists because people will continue to sue the police. I don't think that that's the case. And I also doesn't don't think that it'll deter people from wanting to be policemen or a part of the police force. I think what det- what will deter people is what's happening right now in our country. We are divided. People are on opposite sides of the spectrum as to how the police should continue and how the police should, you know, execute public safety or law and order. That's what's going to deter people from wanting to enter- want to entering the police force, not necessarily qualified immunity. I think that this this to me is a non-negotiable issue and I uh I let me ask you this. In Since Joe Biden has, I know initially he's not against defunding the police. Is that where he still stands? He's not about defunding the police, right? No, he's not. He actually, uh, is an interview that was just recently released where he argued for more funding for the police. Right. So he's not for defunding the police. We know Kamala Harris is for, she's for defunding the police, right? She's for some form of... Uh, reform that looks like defunding. She is she's definitely against for, qualified immunity. She's against qualified immunity. And so I don't know if I, I know Joe Biden when he announced Kamala said something like we might we might disagree in the way that we go about it, but we have the same I guess the same policies that they want in place. And I, so I'm I'm finding that curious because I know she was big in the Senate with Cory Booker for pushing that act through. And I know mm-hmm. that that was one of the key issues in the act, which is why they couldn't come to an agreement with the Republicans because they didn't want to bend on qualified immunity. And Tim Scott was saying that was never going to happen. The Republicans right. were never going to push that forward. Right. And I, said I'm it was saying, a poison pill. A poison pill. And I'm saying that to say is part of all of this, too, is to hold people. OK, here we are right now. We're on the eve of an election. We know where Trump stands. We know what he's for. We know that Joe Biden has recognized that there is systemic racism in the police force. We know that he does not want to defund the police, but we need to hold him accountable and to push what we want to see happen in the police force forward, because at the moment, it's not going to get done. Do you see what I'm saying? Like at the moment, the cycle isn't going to be breaking and we can't depend on who's in office with either side to get it done because Joe Biden is talking about more funding for the police. So how can you recognize that there's systemic racism in the police force, but also you want to give them more money? What if you have the black agenda on your agenda, then how can you do that? I don't understand. He's already come out and made a statement, which he said there's systemic racism. He's made that statement after what happened to Jacob Blake happened. So what are you going to do for us to fix this? You can't it can't just be words anymore where you recognize it. Great. You see what we see. Now, what are you going to do about it? I think this is where we have to put the pressure on him to really enforce the black agenda. Because otherwise, we're going to see this cycle where the police do this to another black man. A politician comes out, gives a statement, and then it happens again. And nothing Mm. is done. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. So I think one thing that, that we're talking about is I don't even think that uh, amongst the black community, there is 
sort of a consensus on what the answers to these questions are. I think, I think some of the things that we're talking about are relatively new ideas. There was a conversation earlier that I was having uh, in a group to where, you know, it was brought up that Joe Biden had recently done an interview where he talked about adding more funding to police budgets and how tone deaf that looked in regards to the time that we're in and especially in light of what had, what had just happened. And oh, uh, what came back from there was a, a gentleman who said, listen, uh, you know, my aunt is, I have aunts that range between 45 and 75 years old and they live in these suburban places or these places wherever. And one of their complaints is that when they call the police, the police don't get there fast enough in these suburban black areas and in some of these, you know, more depressed black areas, the cops don't get fat there fast enough. So that to him is an argument for increasing police budgets so that there are more police officers that would respond quicker to problems in the black community. So I'd say that, and you know, in a certain demographic of brothers and sisters, you start talking about a world with no police and they get antsy. Cause remember, and it's hard for people to understand this, but the same crime element that white people are afraid of, black people are, say, are afraid of the exact same crime element. <laughs> it's just that in a lot of places, I know it seems as if we're a bunch of barbarians and we love living in places where uh, there seem to be more murders and more robberies and more things like that and drug dealers. That's not true. The truth is there's a small percentage of people that are doing that in those areas. It's just that for our survival, we've learned to live in those places. It's just the way that things go that happens across the scope of humanity. Wherever you're at, you're going to figure out mm-hmm. a way there to survive there. And if you're black, you're probably going to figure out a way to celebrate and, and be life affirming there as well. Uh, but no, it's still the same fear. So the question then becomes what's really wrong with those neighborhoods, those areas? What don't they have that is keeping them from being safe? If the answer, in my opinion, to that question is they don't have enough police. I say you are fucked in the head. If you think that's the answer, I really, if you think that the answer to that question is just having, you are fucked in the head. You really are. Because remember a police officer, a a police department is a department made up of individuals and those individual thoughts become collective actions. So It doesn't even matter more police that you have. It matters the kind of police, yes. what they're trained to do and what they're not trained to do. And they don't all necessarily have to be police, but they have to be committed to public safety. So those are the questions that we we have to start asking if we want to sort of avoid some of the outcomes that we're seeing. As far as qualified immunity is concerned, I think qualified immunity is just the beginning of the conversation. It's how we get to where we're going, right? So if there are lower numbers of people that want to be police officers because of qualified immunity, because they're worried about the possibility of being sued. But even if there, even if it's something they put out there, but even if there were Rachel, that's a good thing. Even if there were, that's a good thing. Do you know why? Why? You don't, because right now I could decide that I wanted to be a police officer, right? And basically in six to eight months or something like that, 
maybe a year, I can make that happen. Right? And I can make that happen in a job where every time I leave mm-hmm. my, uh, my station, get out of my squad car, roll around, I have people's lives in my hands, right? Now, if I wanted to be a doctor, another job where every time I go out and I do things, I see somebody, uh, my life is, their life is in my hands. I'd have to go to four years of undergrad, then three years, uh, four years of medical school or whatever it is, and then outcompete all of these other people, right? And along the way, the road to becoming that, where you have to know what you're talking about, where the stakes are life and death, that road is so arduous that a lot of people don't make it to the end. It's too hard. You have to be too dedicated to it. They don't just say, hey, this is, and that also weeds out a lot for a lot of people the reasons why. If you're coming back from the military or something like that, this is not to diss any of our men and women in uniform, and you just want to keep that going and just jump in there. If you're not dedicated to public, surf, to public safety, maybe a longer, more strenuous process to becoming a police officer or higher stakes to if you fuck up might weed out some people that we don't need in uniform because doctors can get sued for malpractice. I, I agree with you if it's an and, right? Like if it's, I agree with you. If the if the road is long and it's hard and you have to go through numerous, numerous tasks to get to the end result, yeah, people will, you weed them out. They'll fall off along the way. I just don't think it's it stops with qualified immunity. I think it it deals with a whole a number of other things, which I think were personally addressed in the Justice and Policing Act, if that could have passed as is, which it didn't. And and we know where we stand with that. But yeah, it's 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 training, it's 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 psychological test, it's it's qualified immunity, it's it's raising the stakes, but it's also the the practice of getting the right type of police officer who has the mentality to to issue out public safety rather than I'm a police officer. I wear a badge. I have this authority. I got the big stick and I'm going to wreck havoc because that's what it seems to be a lot of. Right. And it's also about taking money out of police budgets and creating and creating new departments and new structures that are committed to different areas of public safety. It's about also taking money and putting them back in some of these neighborhoods that might sort of address these problems root and stem rather than sending trickery happy band-aids out on the street and having them actually open up more wounds. The bottom line is this. It's not working. This is happening too much. It's not working. It's just not. This is, and things are too on edge. Like, I I had an epiphany this morning. As I woke up upset, mad, because there was another shooting in Lafayette as well. Um, I woke up upset, mad, but my I got comforted. Something swept over me. I'm being serious now. Something swept over me. Comforting in that This is a problem, and problems, by and large, are solvable if you take the right roads to solutions. So my goal is not to be upset or anything like that. It's to make sure that I am using whatever power I might have or whatever influence I might have 
to empower people who have what I think are workable solutions to this problem. Because I guarantee you guys something. Just plain speak. Niggas not going to take this shit forever. They already aren't. They, they just not. And I know that you guys, you guys like fucking Rolling Loud concerts. You like the Everything is Beautiful Festival. You love Times Square. You love Central Park. Well, you know, it's fucking a million people in Times Square. But you love all these beautiful things about American society. You like brunch. You like all of this stuff, right? I guarantee you guys, none of it has to exist. It doesn't. It doesn't. It exists because of social packs and social contracts that are made between smaller groups of people, bigger groups of people, vice versa, sometimes small to small, sometimes big to big. And the moment that collectively a group of 40 million people or even 20 million of the 40 or even 10 million of the 40 or even 5 million of the 40, think with a lot of evidence, historical evidence and present day evidence that these contracts are not all just bullshit, but that they're actually ensuring their oppression, your brunch is fucked. It's people saying outside your brunch with M16s. It's, it's gone. It's over. It can happen. It's happened in other places before, and it'll happen here. If you care about America and you like the society that you live in, you need to be dedicated to fixing it because it doesn't have to exist. And I am as worried about that as anybody else. Fuck it. I like brunch. But I don't like seeing unarmed black women and men killed for nothing. I don't see like to see my sisters exploited. I don't like to see my brothers thrown in jail. I'm sick of it. So let's figure it the fuck out. But Van, this is where it comes back to like, it's on your mind. You're being affected by it because it's affecting us and our people. We as black people are in a state of emergency and the emergency, the state is our blackness. And when you give an example about brunch or rolling loud or life is beautiful or Burning Man or whatever it may be, those people are a little bit detached because it's not affecting them the same way. Look at the trend already of the Black Lives Matter movement. It's already dying down. You know, like people are already moving on to the next thing. They're not talking about it the same way. Even with Jacob Blake, yes, who's out in the streets protesting? There are other people, but it's black people because we are tired. We are frustrated. We've had enough. I guess I don't have as, I'm so glad that you had, you know, the epiphany that you had this morning. I didn't get that same epiphany. I guess I feel like and and you're talking about problems and them being solved or they they can be and i just feel like the way things are going to be solved is also people with power who can do something about it and right now the people who are running right now are in a position of power to do something but it's not necessarily on their agenda well we also have to be intentional about the standard that we hold them to we yeah. have to we have to. Uh, we have to be intentional about what has worked in the past, what's not going to work in the future, um, how we are able to bargain, what they're asking for us, and you know what we're prepared to give. And uh, you know we have an opportunity here as an American community to set up uh, the next generation of America in a way that might look a little bit different than this. And we have to seize the opportunity right now, or we might lose everything because. I just don't see how you're asking the new generation to swallow the same bullshit. They're just not gonna. They're not gonna. They're not gonna swallow it. I mean, and they, and they nor should they. The, it was it was harder to see the lies that were being told, but now so many different ways we can see them. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I agree. I do want to say that, I, you know, just love and light to Jacob Blake's family. And not just his family, but to every family. It like it, Jacob Blake's family are and, and his friends, they are the most direct victims of what's happening, him and his family and friends. But this might seem stupid to say, but I truly believe this. A whole community of people gets victimized each time this happens. That's not stupid. Like this, Those are the people who are out in the streets right now. That's not stupid. And, and so, you know, it something like this happens and you feel this. But you got to keep feeling it. So because we need to we need to we need to fucking fix this. And, you and need we to need make to other fix people it, feel it quickly. Everybody's going to fucking mm-hmm. feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad more than anything uh, that he's alive, that that brother survived. Now, as we were sitting here, I just got a sad email. A very sad email. It what looks happened? like three of my OnlyFans subscriptions expired. I'm getting off of OnlyFans. So, like, I'm getting off of OnlyFans. I'm, 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 I'm not doing it anymore. I'm getting, it went too far. So, as I'm sitting here, three of this them expired. This is one time that I wish my, my screen would have frozen and, and, your, saying, and, your, no, and your volume would have tapped out. No, but <laughs> what I'm saying is that here's, what, here's the way they get you, Rachel. Here's the way they get you. <laughs> so, when you are on OnlyFans and you're supporting people, right? It, they ask you, you know, because sometimes they'll change the price on OnlyFans. They'll go from like $15.99 to like $17.99. And they can't Please teach just, me. I'm not, I don't know anything about it. They can't just change the price without you saying you agreeing to pay the extra 2 or $3 per month, right? So they sure. ask you, do you want to renew? And you just, you know, you don't want to renew. Or every week... Or every month or whatever, when the OnlyFans renews, you can go on there and pick which ones you want to renew and which ones you don't want to renew. I had to get rid of all of them. I got rid of all the OnlyFans. So it's like now coming to the point in the month where these are expiring. Mm -hmm. And what OnlyFans is doing is is letting you know, hey, your subscription to blank blank is going to expire tomorrow. Who? Or or I'm I'm not. Who? I'm not endorsing anyone. I believe there were three. There were three. There were three. And they're all getting ready to expire. One is expiring tomorrow. One is expiring. Two are expiring tomorrow. And one expired today. And OnlyFans is testing me to see if I really want to go through this. Because what they're what really saying is that I'm not, it's, I can't do it. Like, it's too much. Like, it's like it, it, what OnlyFans is really saying to me. Do you pay that amount for each account? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> no wonder people are out here balling on OnlyFans. You pay $15.99? Are they all the same? Some of them, they have different things that, that they do well. And so sometimes it's like, it's like anything. So you like know? they're like, like category. are there like categories, like a list of things? What do you like mean? bullet points of what they do well? No, you have to, you have to experience it. Let me tell you the way they get you. So on a OnlyFans, it'll... It'll tell you like the number of videos that the girl might have or like what she's into, like mm-hmm. what she does. Like it'll be like, hey, uh, whoever, whoever her name will be, crazy twerker, boy, girl, sex, all of that stuff like that. It'll wow. have it in a little description. And then you like you'll 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 go, OK, that seems like cool. But you don't ever know until you pay what's behind the OnlyFans paywall. Right. You don't know what's on there. So you pay and then all the videos open up and either you're presently surprised or you're like, you know, you're, you're not. 
But at that point, you've paid. You pay for each person. Why would you do this instead of like a Pornhub? Good question. Um, the answer is with the Pornhub, okay, OnlyFans is different. It's a different experience. Take, take your time. Take your time and explain no, it. No, I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> OnlyFans is different. It's a different experience. First of all, normally when someone has an OnlyFans, they upload more. They, they put more stuff on there. Pornhub might be every couple of days. I mean, there's a lot more stuff on Pornhub, but normally, and it's also specific because when you've been watching porn as long as I've been watching it, then you, you want specific things. And you might find a girl that does specific things and she's uploading all the time. But look, it's time to grow up. I'm off of it now. It's over. And they're finally weeding out. And that's it. That's it with the OnlyFans thing. I was admonished for it, and that, and that, and that, and you that, were admonished now, for it. We can't Love go into it. that. We can't go into that. Uh, I was admonished for it, and now we move on. We move on, but it's just, as we're as we're doing that talk, it's like uh, I would it's almost kill a, Brian if he had an OnlyFans account. If uh, if he was so, and wait, today's so, our anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary! So okay, Thank look, you. and I get it, and there are a lot. Of ladies but OnlyFans is different, okay? Why do you think OnlyFans is different than regular The reason porn? I would be think? if really upset if Brian had an OnlyFans is because you are particularly subscribing to a person. You're paying to see one person's content, which means there's something you're really into about that one person. There's something that sparks your interest where you can't get enough, where you are willing to pay a 50, which is insane. That's more than like Netflix. A $15.99 <laughs> prescription, a subscription, I mean, to see this person's work. Mm. So, like, it's so, a little, it's a little too personal for me. I know, I get it. And that, you know, that was the whole thing. So let me ask you this. If you then, what if like a porn star has like a personal site? Or on because on because even Do on porn. Oh. Yeah, they do. Because even on Pornhub, some of the Pornhub stuff is videos, but some of their are girls or couples or whatever that just upload all of their stuff. Oh, I did and not you know might... that. Yeah, see, you don't know. I really didn't know that. Yeah, you know, you don't For know. free? You don't know. No, I mean, well, it depends. Like, there's Pornhub and then there's Pornhub Premium, which I am still a member of. Ah! Like, so, and, and so <laughs> there's, Pornhub, there's Pornhub, the free Pornhub, and then there's Pornhub Premium. But, you know, I mean, look, it's the, like, I'm... It, it it's waning in it, 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 my entire life. I didn't know that it would ever wane. This is something. Think about this. This is a journey with porn that I started on when I was thirteen years old. Thirteen, and it's it's finally waning now. I'm growing up. I'm I was gonna say up. you ain't tired. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I am. I can say that I am. Okay. It's, 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 it's very time consuming. Anyway, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So that's that's Pornhub. You're not gonna get me. You know what? I'm not gonna renew those. Those are gone. Good for gone. you. We'll fo- we'll do a follow up here. We'll do a follow up. We'll like we'll, listen. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I've been watching Succession, and it's a good show. And on the show, Kendall, uh, Kendall Roy, is falling back into his addictions. I'm not gonna fall back into mine. So you admit you have an addiction? Okay. Obviously, nigga. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I, I, premium. <laughs> Pornhub premium. Pornhub <laughs> premium. <laughs> now, uh, ooh, 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 your homeboy is cooking. Who's my homeboy? Your homeboy, Emmanuel Acho. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. 
Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash! Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendour. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. That's uncomfortable, the uncomfortable, Conversation. Love, are you are you still tuning in? I love this. I've never so watched one episode of it. You watched never mine. You I watched, watched your mine. episode. I watched. Okay. I've, I've watched your episode several times. Because <laughs> <Why? laughs> man, you you sip a little douce and you put on your episode. That episode is funny as hell. Like you are in your element. You doing your thing. You always big rage. That's why I fuck with you. You're always big rage. It doesn't matter. But Lindsey Vaughn is fucking terrified. Like, Lindsey Vaughn is in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie during that whole thing. She's looking around like, 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 so like you could have got Lindsey Vaughn to say the black man is God. You really could have got L- Lindsey Vaughn to pledge allegiance to Farrakhan. In that, like, you, you, you could have. Like, Lindsey, Lindsey was terrified. I don't I know. Think she, I, I think I, she I, was I, nervous because I, I think she was afraid uh, of saying maybe the, the wrong, wrong thing. thing. Yeah. And, I mean, I've... I, I think she got into this. I'm not quite sure, but her family isn't as open. So I mm-hmm. think that she was being really cautious of what she was saying because of her family. Right. right. Okay. Well, yeah, but it's just funny because she, she seems like a really good lady and she she's was really nice. towing the line. It was like, Lindsay, what do you think about white people? Fuck them. Fuck <laughs> white people. I don't ever want to see them again. Fuck them. It was like she was really, she was nervous having that conversation. Uh, I know, and poor people jumped on her because she was like, I mean, I don't see color. People were mad at me because I didn't check her. And I'm like, y'all, I didn't really need to go don't after don't her. check her. Let her like live. That. They always want that. I'm like, what was that? The woman was, was there with good intentions. I'm not going to jump down her back every single time she said the wrong thing or what y'all thought was nah. the wrong thing. But it, no, the only thing about that is, though, it's obvious that she sees color, though, because the last there's four, been five, more than one. Yeah, not only do you type. see, I would I would have liked it if she had said, "Not only do I see color, but I fucking love it." <laughs> that would have been dope. That's what I'm trying to say. I know, but your homeboy Emmanuel Acho uh, on a show, which by the way is a good show. By the way, you guys, every time I don't watch the show, but every time I see a clip from it, he's a good interviewer. 
a very, very, very intelligent brother. Good for him. Everything that he gets, he deserves. He had um, Darth Vader himself, uh, <laughs> Roger Goodell, <laughs> on the show. Hilarious. He took his helmet off and he sat down and he talked to uh, Emmanuel Acho. Now, of course, if you guys know, don't know, uh, Roger Goodell is the commissioner of uh, the National Football League. And during this conversation, Emmanuel asked Goodell, basically, if he felt like in any way that he owed Colin Kaepernick an apology. Quick recap, Colin Kaepernick protested by taking a knee uh, during the national anthem. He protested police brutality and systemic inequality uh, and injustice. And after that, despite being a more than competent NFL football player, he essentially has been fired by the league, not picked up by any NFL teams after he opted out of his contract with the San Francisco 49ers. He sued uh, alleged collusion and they settled that uh, between him and the NFL in some shadowy backroom deal that nobody really knows uh, what went on or how much money cap got or anything like that. Now, Um, When he was asked if he owed an apology to Colin Kaepernick, Roger Goodell said this. Well, the first thing I'd say is I wish we had listened earlier, uh, Cap, to what you were kneeling about and what you were trying to bring attention to. Uh, We had invited him in several times to have the conversation, to have the dialogue. Mm -hmm. I wish we had the benefit of that. Yeah. We never did. and, you know, we would have benefited from that. Yeah. Absolutely. So he says he wished he'd have been more open and had listened to Colin Kaepernick earlier on about what he was talking about. Rachel, your thoughts. When you are asked a question, you know specifically how to answer a question. Period. It's common sense, too. But he specifically, because you were trained to do this, and he was asked point, point blank about an apology to Colin Kaepernick. And he danced all around. The answer. He never gave a specific answer. And I thought I, I I didn't expect him to. Right. So when I saw that that he was going to when Emmanuel was going to sit down with Roger Goodell, I thought, wow, this is really big for the web series. Uncomfortable conversations. But we're not going to get anything from Roger Goodell, because why would he give it in this interview when he hasn't given anything to us, period, which is what we want is him to apologize him to recognize Colin Kaepernick and for the wrong that he did specifically to him and and and, and the effects of that. Um, I thought it was interesting that in this they started out and he was giving a little history of his family background, which I did not know anything about. And he was talking about his father and they show a picture of his father marching with Coretta Scott King. And he is very proud of this and of how his father stood up to the president, to the vice president and opposed the Vietnam War when he had originally supported it. And it was Roger Goodell was talking about how his father was on the right side of things. And even though he lost the Senate race, he decided to do what was right. So I thought, oh, my gosh, is this conversation going somewhere? Is this conversation going on the right side of things or using your father as an example who stood on the right side of history when it at least came to the Vietnam War? I can't say that for everything else because I'm not quite sure. So I thought, okay, this is going to be his chance to say he should have been on the right side of it with Kat. And he didn't. And so all of that was just a bunch of talk to lead up to nothing, I felt. Now, I know that there's a part two. 
to this conversation. Mm -hmm. And maybe we will get some more. But to me, it was disappointing for you to use your father as an example of doing things the right way. But yet you couldn't do that in this interview. And I think it's very simple. So to me, the statement that he has since made about how the NFL was wrong still means nothing to me if you're not going to address Kaepernick. What if when Roger Goodell said, you know, flashed to a picture of my father, what if they flashed to a picture of like Al Sharpton? (laughs) Wait, but why? But why would it have been Al Sharpton? Just like, what if Goodell was really trying to pander that hard to black people? And he goes, just to let you know, Al Sharpton's my dad. And it was like a whole thing. It's just I, when you said something, when you said that, I thought, wow, is, is he, when you say past his father, is this nigga about to say that his dad is like Red Fox or something like that? Like what, what, like what could his father have done? It was, Cause I hate you like that. What could his father have done that would have any bearing on what we're talking about right now? It was the equivalent to I have black friends. That's what that it's whole so statement was. Like, it's like, it, like it was, she, not, he wasn't even marching for black rights. It was for the Vietnam was, War. Oh, you just happened right. to be hand in hand with a black woman. And see, that's why, like, if I'm sitting in that seat, and shout out to Emmanuel who does a great job. Yeah, you I, could I, never do that. I'd have been like, all right, so shout out to your dad. Like, why the fuck you a coward? Like, you had to, and by the way, maybe Roger Goodell doesn't think that what Colin Kaepernick did is on the right side of history. Maybe he doesn't think that. Because you remember. Can, no, he does. He has to. Man, why would you put out that statement? Know? How because do we know? Everything he says goes towards that without acknowledging Colin Kaepernick. Everything he says. But Rachel, it, 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 what I'm saying is he's then when it would have taken some real chutzpah, some chutzpah. real, some real chutzpah, some real actual uh, fortitude to, to be on the side of Colin Kaepernick. He didn't, he punted like the whole league. Does he punt it? But that's like my the point. goddamn bears do every third down. <laughs> like he, like he punted, like he punted. Right. And so when it would have taken that, when he, when it was, when history called upon him, Roger Goodell was offsides. That's so, the so, irony in him using that comparison. So that's what I'm saying. It's stupid. And so, and, and so, and so to, and so to me, and by the way, what I'm saying is maybe he doesn't think that that was the right side of history. Maybe he thinks it is now because everybody in, in hindsight and retrospect is looking back and going, hey, we got that wrong. But the question is, and the question always has to be is, and this is one of my, I had a conversation with a brilliant guy named George Johnson. I am George Johnson on Twitter. Follow all of my young radicals. Follow George Johnson and Brooke Obi and all of the young radicals that keep looking at me going, Van, you going to sell out? Van, we wait for you to sell out. All the people that keep me in line, follow these people. I'm talking to George one time and George and me are talking about a very, very, very touchy subject. George was telling me about why he criticized someone that I that was beloved to me, beloved to me. Uh-huh. Why, why he criticized them Um uh, for some homophobic things that they had said, right? And why he thought it was important to make that criticism public even after this person was no longer with us anymore. They had passed away. And, uh, you know, I was talking to him about that and he was he said, he was like, you know, Van, you guys are always talking about tact. People are always talking about tact. People are always talking about waiting till the right time. He was like, when you guys are waiting till the right time, like we're dying. Like we, he's a gay black man. He's like, we die during the interim. 
during mm-hmm. the time that you guys stay silent and don't move and react to these things and won't look at yourselves, we're still dying. So it's not about doing the right thing. It's about doing the right thing in a timely fashion Agreed. because we don't got time to wait, right? So mm-hmm. for Roger Goodell and the rest of the NFL people that are now coming around to it now, go fuck yourself. I'm sorry. Like, I wish I could be more, I, I wish I could be more classy about it, but you can really go fuck yourself. Now, you can get unfucked right now if, if, you make amends, which is to address why Eric Reed isn't in the league, which is to address, address why Colin Kaepernick isn't in the league. Anything short of addressing what happened to these those brothers is a go fuck yourself for me. Well, addressing it and going beyond your statement, because right now you've just made a statement and I don't want to hear lift every voice and sing before every NFL game. That ain't it either. So they need to do more. Okay, I don't like record- that song that much. It's OK. But it doesn't. But but the gesture of playing that before means nothing. I mean, exactly. I, get, I get filled up with pride. But here's but it's the thing: not like, you, you know, don't even like it, so it's, it doesn't do anything for us. It's performative, right? Frank so it's your statement. Yeah. So it's <laughs> which one? Before I let go, that's oh. way more. I get. I no, get I thought more. you were gonna say we are one. I mean, Wait, no, no, nobody is gonna play we are one before before I it's let a, go. It's a unifying song. It's a unifying, it's a unifying song. song. I thought that's what we were. I, I thought that's what we were going for. But before I let go, unifies people more because we all get up. Yeah, that's what I danced to with my dad. That was our dance at the wedding. At the wedding? And mm-hmm. Brian was like, what is this Before music? Before I let go, and then it transitioned into the Beyonce version. Like Got everybody Brian, on the Brian, dance floor. Brian was like, what is this music, Don't do Brian man? like that. I Don't do Brian like some, that. I want to hear some Manudo. Like, play Rhythm and Vita Loca. <laughs> Don't do my husband like that. Not on our anniversary. <laughs> All right, but, but you were saying, though, you want to see something more. What would, what yeah, would, right now is there anything that, what, what, what could they do? What could be done? Well, one, obviously, is to recognize what was done, right? right? You have to go beyond the statement. Recognize what was done. But then, what would I, what would I, I mean, I would want to see some black leadership in the NFL. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if Goodell has that power, but he can definitely be vocal about it. You know, we talked about Jason Wright. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see some more black presidents. Let's see some more black ownership. Let's see, put some people in places that can make a difference or where I'm a player and I can walk into a room and feel like I'm being heard or people are fighting for me and what it is that I need uh, for representation purposes in this league. That could be a start. Uh, And it's not just coming from the NFLPA. Right. No, I agree. I think all those things would be, I think, you know, with a, an organization like the NFL, you'd have to change it. Uh, and look. Give us a I'll, black commissioner. Uh, yeah, that would be a fantastic. But remember, the, the commissioner speaks for the owners. So whenever the commissioner speaks, it's essentially coming from the owners. So when the commissioner and it's all the, the NFL is a corporation, so it's all about money. Yeah. It's all about money. So they're only going to be as brave as their wallets allow them to be. That's why when you're arguing right versus wrong, moral versus immoral, uh, you're really having an argument of freedom versus commerce. And in America, freedom always loses. Freedom always loses to commerce. But in this situation, I can guarantee the NFL something. And this is something that they really need to be concerned with, is that the commerce will suffer here over the long term. Agreed. There's a group of young Americans who are who have a lot more things to be into than they do football on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. They got fucking Fortnite. And I'm just getting started on Twitch. They got all of these other games and all of this stuff to be into. And if there is 
a sort of feeling amongst them that the NFL is a racist organization, they'll do something else. And don't let, and especially if COVID affects the NFL and you have to go a season without having it and people find something else to do to occupy their time, it's just going to build on that even more. It's true. I'm still laughing because you said Menudo. <laughs> Menudo, is, Menudo is dope. That's like Menudo. Stop, Brad, don't listen to Menudo. But I'm still like. He ain't never listened to no Menudo. He's listening. You know to what? Menudo I've before. actually I've never asked him Menudo if he was before. in. I don't think he was. I don't think he was into that as a kid. Like he's Puerto Rican. So he's, Col- he's Colombian. Colombian. He's Colombian. Brad would surprise you with his. Uh, it's one of the things we connected on was music. Right, because like you can't because you because you got to the car after the after the well, it wasn't the first day you got in the bachelor. Whatever, I'll tell but, you no. When we after he said. We got engaged. They leave you alone. And we were like in a house in Spain. We were in Madrid. And I started playing music from my iPad. And it was like 90s R&B. And he started singing the lyrics like H-Town. I'm from Dallas. So I was right, like, right, right. huh? Right. What you know yeah. about H-Town? Like right. that kind of stuff. So oh, stop. Right. No, I'm saying that's cool. <laughs> but as soon as you left, as soon as you left, it was... <laughs> Hit play. Da, D, Yang, D. Oh my God. Brian gonna fuck me up. Brian big as hell. Like, and like, bro, like, Brian, Brian gonna fuck me up, man. Brian big as hell. I'm talking about this. I can't wait. Um, look, oh, wow. It, it, there had to be a lot of news for this to be kind of talked about, like, down podcast ballad a little bit. Um, Meg the Stallion. Meg the Stallion finally did uh, what I think a lot of people expected at some point. She identified her shooter. I don't know if they expected it or not. It's interesting. She went on Instagram Live and she talked about the fact that her shooter is, in fact, Tory Lanez. Now, this had been, I guess, speculated upon. Everyone pretty much knew that this was the thing because nobody was denying it. And this was a story that had come out, you know, some publications had uh, reported and stuff. But she apparently upset uh, about what she thought was Tory's people planting stories around the industry that he, in fact, did not do it. She said that his team is going around spinning a version of things that did not happen. She was upset about that. She spoke about it. She said, yes, Tory Lanes, it was you. That shot me. Um, And she talked in great detail about why she attempted to protect him, about why she didn't tell even the police that it was him who actually shot her. Immediately, this went everywhere, okay? So when I say everywhere, I mean it spawned a million conversations. Uh, Conversations about uh, sort of, because when Meg was talking, she talked about the fact that she as a black woman felt like she had to protect a black man. And people started talking about all different aspects about this from the specific incident itself to how black men and black women relate to one another and that relationship on sort of a grander, grander scale. You, I'm sure you saw what she said. What did you think? I um, well, some of it I was confused about because I didn't know what made her want to hop on an IG live to say it. I didn't know if it was for people coming at her, 
you know, accusing her of certain things. I, it, which is kind of what she made it seem like in the live, like you guys are, are coming at me for what I'm saying or what I've said or haven't said. I didn't realize that it was also Tory Lanez's people who were putting certain mm. things out there. She is, she does say that in the IG live, but I didn't realize that there was so much depth with that or if, the, if, if it was, if it was known that that was the case. Anyways, I'm glad that she came out on IG Live and she said exactly what she said. Um, I mean, a part of me is like, is this going to mess up the case? Like a part of me was like, did you say, because she went into full detail. She said mm-hmm. exactly what happened. And so part of me is scared for her because I don't want it to mess up the case because I believe her. So I'm taking this as the truth. And since that is what I'm believing to be true, this man needs to be charged, convicted, and he needs to sit in jail for what he did. Because as she is saying, she literally was walking away and he was being, and he shot at her multiple times. Mm -hmm. Um, It's infuriating for so many reasons, uh, like what she's going through. One, I don't know what her relationship was with Tory Lanez, but this is obviously somebody who was a friend, dare I go as far as saying someone she trusted and for him to violate her the way that he did is absolutely inexcusable. Then the fact that she has to defend herself to the public. I hate that. I hate that she had to take it to the internet to try to refute some of the rumors that are about her rather than people choosing to just believe what she said. Nobody was giving her the benefit of the doubt, which is the frustration that she's expressing, expressing on this IG live. Once again, People are diminishing the voice of a black woman because she must have done something to deserve that. Even if she did hit him, which she said she did not, it still doesn't warrant him firing gunshots at her. I mean, it's it it was sad to me. The whole video was very, very sad to me that it came down to this, that she had to do this because it was almost as if people aren't on her side and they're refusing to believe what it is that she went through in her experience. Um, And it just highlights the bigger problem that we've talked about time and time again on this show is that people don't value Black women. When it comes to the social caste system in this society, Black women are at the bottom of the totem pole. Even though they get shot at, even though she was protecting him because of the state of black men in this country, because of the state of black people in this country, she was protecting him and still people weren't protecting her yeah. is what it comes down to. And that's what's sad. Yeah. She said that one of the reasons why she didn't say, Hey, Hey cops this is what happened. What happened is because we're living in a time right now where the police are shooting up black men. And like we talked about that earlier in the podcast and she didn't want to be a part of that. She was scared. She was afraid. You know, rightly so. Uh, first of all, from the lawyer perspective, what's the charge? What's that charge? She's walking away for whatever reason. I mean, he- it could be, it depends what his intent was, but it could be it's attempted. It's definitely aggravated assault, period. Mm-hmm. Absolutely that. Could it be a murder charge? I don't know. It could be a certain degree of it, depending mm-hmm. on what you do with the intent. It's definitely aggravated assault. Definitely aggravated with assault. A deadly so, with, with a deadly, deadly weapon. With a deadly weapon. So, so that's He's a significant... Time. That's a significant charge, and Tory Lanez could be looking at some time uh, if, in fact, it doesn't go his way. And it seems to be pretty open and shut, although I'm not a lawyer. I'm not in the legal realm, well, there's so a I don't witness. know how that goes. Her there's a witness. Was there. His Her driver was, was there. there. And Megan also claims that there's another witness. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things, one of the sort of spinoff conversations from this was what, what a lot of people perceived as silence from the hip-hop community. 
Like, no big rappers were coming out and saying, yo, man, fuck Tory Lanez. Yeah. Yo, man, fuck Tory Lanez. Now, since a little bit of that started brewing around the time that the video came out, there have been hip-hop legend, hip-hop legend, Bun B, uh, who obviously is a South Texas great, Port Arthur and Houston, of course, uh, came out and and said, you know, Tory Lanez is a hoe. Fuck Tory Lanez. Yeah. That Megan, who is from Houston, which is where Bun B reps, uh, he called him out directly. Since then, you know, Trader Truth has come out. A bunch of people have come out um, on Megan's behalf. There have been others that have been have taken, I guess, a wait and see sort of approach to it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there have been multiple rappers who said they want to hear more. Boosie was asked by some of the Aww. roommates over at the Shade Room what he thought. And he said he ain't taking no sides, basically. He said he fucks with Tory Lanez. He fucks with Meg. He's not taking any sides. This is the side that I'm that, that I'm taking. Okay. I have no reason not to believe Meg the Stallion. I believe Meg the Stallion. So it's fuck Tory Lanez a thousand percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, a thousand. It's fuck Tory Lanez a thousand percent. Fuck Tory Lanez. It it like, I don't know what that there are whispers from his side that he is going to say something that in some way is either going to exonerate him or make this make sense. I don't know what that could fucking be. Exactly. Like, I, she like, ended up with bullets in her feet. Right. So I don't know what the fuck that could be. So it's 1,000, 1 million percent fuck Tory Lanez. And also, there can be no space after this for Tory Lanez to have any relevance in this culture as an artist or anything else if, in fact, he shot her. This is where you and I, this is, this is the type, you know, we talk about cancel culture. This is mm-hmm. the time where you like completely shut it down and you annihilate them. I don't want to hear from Tory Lanez again. I don't even need to, for him to be charged, convicted and go through the system. I'm done with him because of what he's done in this situation. If he was innocent, something already would have come out. Well, to me, to me, this is why people get canceled though. Like, I'm, be, I'm serious. Exactly. Like you cancel people for hurting people and doing harm like this. Like, you talk about Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby. Yeah. You hurt, you cancel rapists, murderers, abusers, yeah. people that have, like, you You come out, you make bad jokes, you hurt people. You're adding to the harm, for sure, with your opinions. But if you're, if you're, if you're doing the harm, that's how you get canceled and you don't come back. Absolutely. And so, you know, that's something that, to me, I think is unforgivable, Obviously, it, wait, 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 wait. I think it's unforgivable. Man, what the fuck are you doing? He shot her. Like, it, it, like he fucking shot her. Like, he shot her. Like, why do we even have... It's so interesting to me. Why are we having discussions about what we need to hear? He shot her in the foot. Because you have people who are not honoring it for what it is. You have people making jokes on podcasts saying, I want somebody to love me that hard. You know what I mean? Like you're taking away and that's a black woman talking about another black woman. You're taking away from what actually happened. You're making light of it. That's why Megan, the first video she came out with, this isn't a joke. Y'all, I had surgery. I was shot in my feet. Like this, I don't know what he aimed at. I don't know, but this, this could have taken her life. And like she said in this last one, my mother, my grandmother must have been watching over me because that's how serious this was. She was shot at multiple times. I I just, what there's, there's not a question in it. And I don't know why it took people so long to speak out about it. Well, I I don't know. I think she was, 
She was oh, you talking, oh, talking about the rappers themselves. The rappers themselves, because I don't know what you needed to hear to speak out. Did you need for her to do another IG Live video? I don't need to see or hear any evidence. The evidence are the bullets and the fragments of bullets in her feet. The evidence is that she had to have surgery. The evidence is that there were four people in the car and one of them had a gun. Like, I don't need to hear, I don't need to see anything else to speak out against it and in support of Meg the Stallion. Right. I don't need now, it. You know, people say a lot of things, but once again, like we talked about with Roger Goodell, when it comes down to the come down and you have to say something or stand and you're in fight or flight, like that's when you define who you are and what you're about. And in this situation, you you have got to, in a situation where a black woman was shot, you have got to, you have got to be in the right spot. There's no wiggle room at all. You got to mm-hmm. be in, in the right spot here. Um, don't know what Tory Lanez is going to say. There are whispers out there that he is he is coming and there's supposed to be sometime in late September, mid-October that he's finally got something's going to happen. Uh, I don't know what that could possibly be. I he don't had know. He had a twin, a twin. He wasn't I don't like know. Th- there's, there's absolutely nothing. Don't know what that could possibly be. But I know one thing is if I was getting accused of having shot a woman in her foot and I didn't do it, I would be screaming my fucking head off if it was me, through my representatives, anyone, that that's not what happened. And so he's conspicuous by the absence of addressing it as well. Well, I'll tell you what, he never, I guarantee you, he and his team never expected Megan to do what she did the other day. Probably not. And that, I don't even understand why either. I mean, you know, she, uh, you know, we had the whole conversation about whether or not it's snitching, whatever. Shoot me, nigga. Uh, it's, it's not even that. It's that usually when I'm there's a criminal you. investigation, people are quiet, right? Like you don't talk about it because you don't want to jeopardize the case. So right. his team was expecting her not to say anything. And she told it all. I she bet he was, was going to come out and say something. And, yeah. and she told the truth. And that's yeah. that's why he's going to stay silent till September. October. You're going to stay silent that long. Just just don't speak. Just just go away. Yeah. Fellas, step up. Step up. You guys, you know, it, it the 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 entire thing is unfortunate, but that doesn't mean there aren't any victims. It might feel bad to it for a lot of men, for a lot of black men, especially it's an uncomfortable feeling to come down on other black men when they've made a mistake, but that does not mean that it doesn't have to be done. Especially mm-hmm. in a situation like this when you're trying to protect a black woman. You just got to do it sometimes. I know it, it, it's hard for people, but we have to put the safety of our sisters and the women we share our communities with first. We yes. have to put that first. Um, so look, before we get out of here, I want to bring something up. I, I have a gripe as a batch. What happened? As a You're member, so new to our community. I hate that you've been up, you're upset. I'm already mad as a batch, as a as a member of Batch Nation, as one of these batches. You know what I'm saying? I'm a big ass batch. I'm, all, I'm, all, <laughs> I, I'm already upset. So I watched a commercial. I was watching NBA basketball, right? Shout out to Luca. Mm-hmm. But during one of the uh the the commercials uh for the game, I saw a Bachelorette commercial. Wait, wait. Who would you rather see win this series, the Clippers or the Mavericks? By far, the Mavericks. It's not even close. What? 
By really? far, yeah. The Clippers, no. By far, the Mavericks. Please send okay, them just home. Curious. Go ahead. Um, I do still think the Clips will win, though. But so I saw a commercial for The Bachelor, and it was. I've been seen a commercial. It was a lady. She had a rose. It was like we're coming back. It's The Bachelor. Oh. The whole deal. And she was white. <laughs> I've seen that. I thought you thought I saw What? The, she was white. Man, wow, so, you know this. Come on, Batch. What? My fellow Batch. What, what, you know what's up. So, wait. Remember so, Claire? I, remember Claire? I, no, I don't remember Claire. I don't because we've, we've replaced Claire. So if it's like, it's like. Right. But we still have to see what happens with Claire. No. Equal time. If you're going to do the, if you're going to do a commercial with Claire and she out there with the see that's I don't like that type of shit. They're promoting the show as if Claire's going to be the Bachelorette, but she's but only she gonna, is the Bachelorette. But she's only going to be the Bachelorette for a short amount of time, right? So here's the thing: Warner Brothers, ABC, NZK, the production company. Nobody has come out and said that Tasha is actually the Bachelorette. Wow, they're. So everything that we've been operating on are rumors. There has been no official announcement from the people who run this to say it's Tasha. So what you mean so is we're this still is, going with the plan of Claire. No, this is so much bullshit. This is the way they do us. This is the way they do us. I'm gonna. I'm not about to be the most problematic batch ever. I'm gonna take well, your good. Slot. You could take. You could take my crown. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. We need a Tasha commercial. Like at least, at least they could like you know what they could do. They don't, it doesn't have to be a full Tasha commercial. It could be Claire with the rose, and in the background Tasha could be like this, just kind of like just in the background. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? With like some bags or like a luggage, like some luggage in the background. She's in the background, like yeah, you know this this chick here only last a couple of episodes. Then it's my shit. You know what I'm what saying? What if it's a continuation? Because she's kind of like dropping her stuff, right? What if it continues with Tasha picking it up, right? Like we don't, like, we don't. We don't want no roses off the ground. We don't before want no before it hits the ground. Before oh. it hits the ground. Now she got to catch the rose. She Jerry Rice. You making her do athletic <laughs> shit? As if she was passing <laughs> passing the torch. I'm trying. To, I have no idea. Listen, if the rumors are true, it happened so fast. Portasia hasn't even had time to film a commercial. I'm sure they'll do her justice, and if not, you know we're going to talk about it here. I know we, we justice have to. for Taisha, as you call, like to call Taisha. her Taisha. Taisha, our, uh, one of our producers, Spaghetti Man, he was, he felt the, uh, he felt the same way. I think it was about the same thing. Jackson, it was about the same thing, right? Yeah, I had the exact same thought. I, I can't yeah. believe you just called me Spaghetti Man. Right, is that your name, Spaghetti <laughs> you Man? You shouldn't have answered. You should you, not. You're, have spaghetti, you're an official Spaghetti Man. Now. I answered now, to my name. You now said, they all you said know. Jackson. You said Jackson. I answered to my name. Nah, but I slipped that Spaghetti Man shit in there. Hey, you guys, Jackson Safan from the Ringer, Spaghetti Man. That's his new nickname. All right. Rach, Bam. we are we are out of here. Uh, we got to get her a commercial. So talk to whoever you got to talk to. I know you're I'll still deeply. Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know I'll fight. I'll fight for Tasha. So um, of course, yeah, we'll All make right. it happen. All right, Thought Warriors, take your thing caps off. Do not stop thinking. We have some amazing stuff coming in for the mailbag on Thursday. They've been hitting me up. There's so many things to talk about in the mailbag. Cannot wait till the next podcast. But for now. Make sure that you continue to learn. I'm Van Lathan. I'm Rachel Lindsay. We out.
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. 